Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. <laughs> ready. Finally ready. Okay. It's like, are you ready? And you're like, mm-hmm. And then you have to get ready. So it's like when someone's like, let's go to sleep, and then they like toss and turn for like 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Or 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 you're like, um, what do you want to eat? And you're like, I don't care. And then you're like, okay, Taco Bell. And they're like, no. Burger I will King, say no. if um, we do our movie night this weekend, I want Taco Bell. I've been craving it. Really? Yeah, because I hung out with Kyle Hatfield, who uh-huh. works at Taco Bell Corporate, and I've been craving it since. But sad day for you because it got rid of all potato products. Officially. I know. So so in all fairness, I was getting a little backstory, like the scoop. Uh-huh. Um, they got rid of a bunch of items, and there's been like a ton of online talk in like in, in a negative way about it um but he was explaining to me which i guess i just don't consider there's like over 170 products there on their menu uh-huh. which is a lot for fast food yeah it is um and he was like uh, you know say our turnover rate as an example is like six months that's so many products to teach one person in six months time just for them to leave and us have to retrain somebody new um and yeah so I was like, well, that's fair. I get it. They're trying to streamline a little more because he was like, he used Chipotle as a comparison. He's like, think of why that's so successful because it's literally just like push the tray down the yeah. down the little thing and scoop scoop on whatever they want. Um, but there's other stuff being brought out to replace. Um, but I don't think he knows why the potatoes are taken away. Well, I'm going to write a letter. You should. Hey, guys, I'm Brian. I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. I guess with that explanation, it does make sense because I'm like, all the ingredients are the same. They just organize it in a different form. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're teaching someone to know how to make all that, I guess it's a lot. I mean, if you yeah. take in consideration of like a coffee store, like you have to figure out how to make it all those different ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People are just getting lazy. How are you going to fuck up some potatoes? Okay. <laughs> Bring back potatoes. <laughs> Bring back potatoes. I can't tent in. I can care less. <laughs> um, so for this fruit roll-up, did you want to start with your stuff or should I? Um, I'll start. I'll just go quickly. Um, uh, so two things. The first is Kamala Harris has been mm-hmm. nominated as Joe Biden's uh, vice presidential pick. Um, but uh, I was hearing like mutters of disapproval on both sides in in relations to that. And both sides, what are the two sides? Are you being serious? Yeah. What do you mean? Democratic and Republican. Like people who would normally support like a woman of color kind of thing. Um, and it piqued my interest. So I was looking into it a bit and she's known as sort of like a top cop because of her time, um, and her history as like California's attorney general uh-huh. and um, enforcing really harsh uh, like punishments mm. for criminals, especially within the state of California. Um, and I was reading up on like an article that was talking about how many police forces turned to her office for help and assistance in different times throughout her time uh-huh. within uh, California state um, attorney general. And, her office told them oftentimes like we're not stepping into this like this is on you figure it out kind of thing and she was uh, supposedly like supportive of of like i said really harsh punishments which kept people in prison longer especially black men 
um, black and brown men. Um, but with all that being said, there are a lot of online posts right now going around being like, Joe Biden is, you know, choosing Kamala Harris to be his vice president. And that does absolutely nothing to change my my opinion. I'm still voting for his ass yeah. because we just need to get Trump out. Yeah. Um, which brings up the whole like uh, colorism in politics and how we're sort of like pref like we're sort of preferencing like uh, gender and race within office, which could detract from uh, quality quality yeah. and people who actually qualify. Um, but again, I still agree with the fact that like these two will make far better vice president and president than yeah. Trump and Pence ever will. And I'm excited for that debate. I have a lot to say about this. I guess not a lot, but I have a lot of feelings about it. Uh -huh. um, so let me see if I can articulate it correctly. Um, when I found out that he was vowing to have a woman, mm -hmm. I was like, 100%. I support that. Yeah. Um, and I also think that like I trust them enough. Well, I shouldn't even say that because like, I don't trust America at this point when it comes to like leadership. Clearly yeah. we like have a ton of fucking idiots in the office. But with that said, I trust this side of the team. And here's the thing. Kamala Harris, when they were trying to de decide what democratic nominee they wanted to push forward, I, I was on the fence with her as a president. I don't remember I why, but I just remember watching her debate and stuff. It just felt a little bit like wishwashy, mm -hmm. And it almost felt like she was getting the praise because she's a novelty of like the first black woman yeah. rather than the, the qualifications of being yeah. it right but i i support that message so i'm totally here for that mm -hmm. um but i also this is my only saving grace to me is that i feel like especially like with the obama administration like obama was the face of a lot of the change mm -hmm. but i feel like the people that he worked with in his team were people that were on board with making that change does that make right. sense like yeah i feel like with um Trump, it was just like he is on his own uh -huh. and whatever he needs. He's the face of everything he does. Exactly. Like he needs to do it. And if someone else outside of him doesn't like it or agree with it, he'll just get They're rid gone. of them, yeah. you know? Um, but I feel like Kamala Harris and Biden, from what I do know, and it's very limited, I would I say, because yes, I do know them as like public figures, but it's all just like stuff that I've absorbed mm -hmm. passingly through yeah. listening to like npr and stuff like that but i don't i haven't done any of my own research but from what i understand briefly of what they're what they put out is that i think that they would be more open to like working as a cohesive unit for the administration mm -hmm. and everyone under them to make what's best for america and i really think that they have the best intention for the majority of people which i yeah. feel like i stand by so whether i agree necessarily with joe biden or kamala harris i still feel like they're going to bring voices into the room mm -hmm. that i respect or hope that like would bring insight into change. Yeah. Um, and I think again, like everyone's going to have their own um, opinion on like what she's done in every asset of life, you know, cause mm -hmm. yes, you got to kind of like scrutinize the candidate with a fine tooth comb. But I also don't think that you're going to find someone that's completely wholeheartedly perfect for you. Right. But I also like beg to bring up the argument that like, it's just annoying that we only have two options, mm -hmm. even though I think there's plenty of people who are qualified, but you have to like jump through all these hoops. And it like, it's just like a reflection of American society where just because of privilege, yeah. you get into certain positions, but it's not necessarily the best person for that job. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not to say that like Biden's not the best person or Kamala Harris, but it just brings like a bigger idea for me of like, is this really all we could find? Right. It's fine because I think it's better than what we have, but mm -hmm. I still think that we still have a lot of room to be like, okay, what else do we need? <laughs> I agree. Well, that's what bothers me about uh, mostly right right-winged people trying to trying to be like oh look he chose kamala harris just because she's female and black uh -huh. 
And I'm like, here's the thing, though. Trump and Pence are not two top picks either. Yeah. And here they are in office. So, like, I don't agree with this mentality that somehow there is one person in this country that is perfect for the role of vice president. You're just looking for, like, people who are qualified and will be good at the job. And to be honest, my first and biggest introduction to Kamala, which is why I don't know too much of her past history until, like, reading into it a bit, is all of her Senate judiciary hearing videos that Uh were online where she's, like, grilling politicians, uh, tech CEOs, oil CEOs. And sort of being this, like, no-nonsense kind of figure within the Senate. And I'm like, I love her. That was my first introduction. And now I'm, like, doing my research and I'm like, I get it. But here's the thing with, like, Joe Biden as president is uh, he's announced time and time again that he's looking to be a one-term president. Uh And I feel like the benefit that that has for the country is... He's not in it to push an eight-year term where he's, like, only trying to play these moves that will benefit him for his next election. I feel like he's he's making moves that are directly impacting, fixing, or undoing undoing what has been done over the past four. Um, And I think that that's so important because he's been holding meetings with so many faces that we've seen in, like, the presidential run and and sort of coming up within politics now. Yeah. and I think that that's really exciting. So I hope that there are more voices echoed throughout his presidential term right. than just his own. For sure. Yeah. And I think that is what's going to happen, honestly, because yeah. I feel like he's more open to the American dream as what most Americans see it as rather than just being like a dictatorship mm-hmm. as what it feels like now where only one type of American is being praised, yeah. which is like the white straight man, yeah. you know. Um, but it's like another frustrating element is because we sit here and talk about black lives matter and say black voices need to be heard and amplified. But then here's your opportunity to have a black voice Mm -hmm. in office to actually give some insight based off of lived experience on how it is to be on the outside trying to get in. And all of a sudden her black voice isn't good enough. Right. You know, and that's, what's like annoying. It's like, well, what black voice is good enough because my black voice of my black experience isn't the traditional black experience. So is mine less valid? And it's like, no, it's not. But I I hate that America thinks that again, just like the vice president or the presidency, like there's this one person that exemplifies everything of every American, but that's like completely impossible. Yeah. You know? Well, and the thing with that is because colorism within politics is so new for this country. Right. The only thing people can compare it to is Obama Uh in terms of grand scale, Uh like presidency, vice presidency kind of thing. Um, so Obama is kind of idolized as this like perfect ornament of what a president could be. Um, and if you start comparing like that, that's so unfair based on so many different factors between the two people. Um, so I think it's important to focus on like maybe what she's willing to do at this point. And that's not to say that we should forgive any candidate for everything they've ever done. But like we always say, hold them accountable and let's see if they're willing to make the change. If not, he wants to be a one-term president, kick him out in four years and get somebody new in. But I still think at the end of the day that disagreeing with something that they're going to do is going to be far less dramatic than disagreeing with everything Trump has done Yeah, for people like us. To me, my perfect political candidate (laughs) for president, vice president, whatever 
AOC up in this motherfucking house. Mm-hmm. Every time she speaks anything about her, I'm like here on the same wavelength. wavelength. Like I've never felt more connected to a person. Yeah. And then on top of that, like I wish it would be Michelle Obama and oh AOC. My God. 2024 bitch like <laughs> girl i will quit all my jobs be on your political campaign i will do it for free because <laughs> that is an america i want to see for sure um but going forward with that um <laughs> my next point of these hot topics is the song by cardi b and meg the stallion wop uh, <laughs> you heard that song yeah <gasps> There is something about this song that does something internally for me. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but honestly, like, this song, everything about it is just like the antithesis of what a woman should be, yet everything I completely love about a fucking woman. Mm. Um, And I was like, this song honestly pays so much respect for women, even though it seems so opposite of that. Mind Uh you, if you haven't heard the song WAP... That's W-A-P. That stands for wet ass pussy. And it's just about how they are taking charge of their sexuality and being like, no, I'm like the dominant one in this interaction. Yeah. And I love that idea of like taking that feminine quality and making it that dominance. Because like just listening to that song, everything that I've needed to go through in my life in a struggle kind of way, like women have pulled me out of that. Whether that is like women in music, women in movies, women in like politics, like that Mm -hmm. underdog story of being a woman and being that bitch, like that bitch to me makes me feel so empowered. And I think that's just also me being a gay man Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we're so like me and you, I think can understand and agree that we don't like resonate with straight white or straight male culture. I keep saying white, but it, it is, but straight male culture that Mm -hmm. like when a woman succeeds, it feels like we succeed. Yeah. Because of that same underdog story. So to me, this song, oh, bitch, (laughs) bitch. And like, I'll be sitting in the car and I don't listen to music a lot. I usually just listen to podcasts, but I'm like, you know what? I want to bop. I want to fucking bop and make the stallion. After hearing this song, like I went down a rabbit hole of her music. Uh I'm not a big rap listener like mm-hmm. i love a good beat and that's usually what i like like a lot of edm kind of influence like i don't like hard edm but the idea of like trap music and stuff just because as a dancer like that is what speaks to my soul yeah. but like the way she raps and drops her lines on this fucking song and just like the embodiment of her vo- her vocals going through this it, like it speaks to me as if it is like <laughs> jesus coming to america yeah. like i don't know what it is but this shit goes off <laughs> um speaking to that i did just see uh, I think it was maybe on Twitter, but Carol Baskin apparently said something about I the treatment of too. cats. Yeah. And Cardi B was like, bitch, you off your husband, get off our cats. Like, <laughs> But there's been a lot of backlash and this is actually why yeah. I wanted to bring it up because people are saying that like the vulgarity of the song is kind of like a step backwards. But mm-hmm. I'm like, no, what you're doing is buying into the idea that women should be prim and proper when whose standard is that? Not us. Right. And I say us like I'm a woman. <laughs> but comparisons to but all I mean, the like songs society. before where men have been singing 100%. or rapping or whatever. And it's just as vulgar, but it's been more normalized and socialized. Exactly. Where like, I'm sure you've seen the memes where it's like me is me at 10 years old, like from the window to the wall yeah. to the start. Like I barely understood what that meant at that age, but like it was normalized and it was being literally played at my school dances. Like. In compare in in nowadays, I understand the vulgarity of this song, but like that doesn't demean it or devalue yeah. it in any way. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I, exactly that you're saying, ah, skeet skeet, motherfucker, ah, yeah. skeet skeet, goddamn, and you're like, bitch, that's my jam. Not a blink of an eye to say that's inappropriate. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not 
sexual outwardly like that, I can understand why this is still like, like man yeah. or woman, I could see why you have an issue. But for you to be skeet skeeting against the wall and then be like, mm, what else pussy? I don't like that. Uh-huh. It's like, nah, bitch, you yeah. can't play that double sided sword. Or like, uh, it was little Kim, right? With uh, uh-huh. magic stick where she came yep. in and was like, I got the magic clip. Little Kim like, fucking Trina. Away for stuff like this. Yes. Yeah. And like, I hate that double standard. Like it's really annoying to me. But on top of that, people are saying like, this is an empowering song, but like, why bring Kylie Jenner into it? Mm-hmm. And there was a petition to get her out of it. Yeah. But it's like, you can't be someone who's like pro woman and then knock on women knock just because you don't, women. you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, whatever. And then on top of that, someone was saying that like, there was, cause Cardi B uh, responded to this, but mm-hmm. someone on Twitter said that it's annoying that Normani is sitting there dancing her ass off in the video. And Kylie Jenner is getting more, recognition oh, yeah. by just opening and closing a door in the video but then cardi b responding was like it would not fucking make sense for someone like normani to be that talented to just open and close a door and then kylie to be dancing she's like mm-hmm. that wouldn't make sense yeah. like normani's a slayer in the game why for would sure. we not showcase that and so it's like yes that's a very important message where black women have to jump through hoops just to get the same recognition mm-hmm. but she's like in this case it doesn't fly because that is yeah. not the point in this music video she's like i wanted to showcase normani for her talents not because yeah. i think she needed to do more to get more recognition granted yes i understand that argument from that user so i get it but in this case i agree with cardi b it's like nah bitch yeah nah yeah cardi b and make the stallion fucking for president and vice president <laughs> i mean i would say that song is a bop but really it's just a wop 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 <laughs> um well continuing on the black female empowerment uh i read an article on e that um the title of is viola davis clarifies ownership of former plantation she was born on And I thought it was such a cool story to think like how full circle that is for somebody to be born into a situation that is so power based and grow up with enough power to take it back yeah, or to take back the meaning of what it was to, to grow up or to be born on a plantation. Um, And I just wanted to recognize that for a second because I think it, there was recently a video, I think I sent it to you of her speaking about like her talent. And how undermined she is within Hollywood, where she's like, I deserve as much money and as and as many awards as Meryl Streep. Uh huh. And she's like, my talent is there, but I'm not praised in that way. Yeah. Like I'm not seen that way. I'm not respected that yeah. way. Um. Because she and was- she wasn't. She wasn't bashing Meryl Streep, or I think she named a couple other like white. Well, actresses. this is because when she brought it up in this video, she was saying like, "I always get compared to Meryl Streep and being mm. like, I'm the black Meryl Streep, right? Yeah. But then why am I not getting all the same amount of work as Meryl mm-hmm. Streep or the same amount of like pay. job pay, like literally yeah. all across the board? And she's like, that just shows the discrepancies of how it is to be a black actress in Hollywood. Yeah. And I'm like, 100%. Whereas, mm-hmm. And like, this is the whole idea of access where it's not about talent because she clearly has a talent, but it's yeah. just about the opportunity and she doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, and like, with that said, it's like, you go 100 ways. If you're not a part of that storyline, You a lot of people go 100 way, 100 way reasons as to why that's not valid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, well, because Meryl Streep, blah, blah, or da, 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 or this or that. It's like, no, that's not... Yeah. I just have so much to say about it, but I don't want to go too deep. So that's why I'm like stuttering over my words. Cause I know that this is a bigger conversation to be had, but I feel like it's worth bringing up yeah. because exactly that, like I, I feel like people want to not validate people like Viola Davis's experience because they want to like explain why the world isn't bad in their eyes. When I'm like, 
no one's saying it's good or bad. It's just is or isn't. And this is what it is. So just fix it. Yeah. You know? And I feel like people don't want to take the responsibility that like, oh my God, that is the case. And I support Meryl Streep or whatever, which no one's saying. But do you know what I mean by that? Um, I think, especially right now, so during like the BLM protests, um, I had gone to a march in when I was in Orlando and one of the chants that they kept chanting was protect black women. And I think that it's so important right now to reflect on the movement of black girl magic and black women in this country, because I think they're oftentimes written off as this like subspecies subhuman. We don't have to worry about them. We don't have to care about them. As opposed to where, like, black men are at least respected as men still and almost seen more as, like, a threat, which I think is why we saw something like a white cop kneel on a black man's neck. It's it's more to say, I recognize you and potentially, like, the power, but I'm going to kneel on you to show you that I still hold more. Yeah. As to where, like, the, the treatment or the dismissal of black women isn't often recognized in that mainstream way. And I think that that's where we see this black girl magic movement come from is there is so much beautiful power within women of color and we don't celebrate that enough or recognize it enough. Um, But even with that said, saying black girl magic, mm -hmm. like I love this testament of like, see black girls can do better. But why, like we shouldn't even have a thing of black girl magic to where black women have to go above and beyond just to be recognized. And then there's just some sort sort of... uh, um, unhuman nature about black women where they like can just like magically be amazing mm-hmm. when I'm like that's that's the oppression that they're put into to have to use this black girl magic to stay afloat and mm-hmm. that's that's the problem you know yeah. it's like yes black girl magic is an empowering message but you the problem with that message is that you're acknowledging the fact that black women have to do more to be okay and yeah. you're not acknowledging the fact that there's problems. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I mean, I could be misreading this, but I feel like black girl magic is more for black women, not for the rest of us. It's not. Right. It like, is for the black message women. Of it. Yes. But I, I also think like, like just like um, in slave days when like, you know, people would sing to make, mm. just get through the day. Yeah. Right. Like wait in the water, whatever the case is just to like kind of shut off and be like, God's got me. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing as like black girl saying black girl magic where it's like, girl, I see you. Yeah. Right. Like we see each other. Mm-hmm. I know that you've struggled. I've struggled, but we still came up over this. That's my whole thing. It's like, I support black girl magic. So I want to say that just yeah. so that that's yeah, on yeah. record. But on top of that, I'm just saying like, as someone who is looking at it in a rhetorical sense, yeah, that's kind of, like, annoying that you have to acknowledge that, like, they have this extra form of strength because they've been oppressed, when realistically that's the problem, is that they have yeah. to do more to get the same. Well, did you have more Hot Topics? That was it for me. Okay, because the one thing that I was going to close this segment out with, or the statement, was it does, a statement like Black Girl Magic does, I'm going to speak on behalf of some other people, hopefully, because I know it does for myself, it shifts our mindset, where before there may have been respect for an other or another minority. Now there's almost this like admiration that may have lied dormant or not been present at all where I almost feel like, damn, I wish I could be a black girl. Like Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so inclusive that it's almost exclusive for 
and I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. I mean, like, I'm now admiring. 100%. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful, you know? And it's almost, it almost creates a mind shift, even in, like, a music video like WAP, mm-hmm. where I look at these girls who would, I think, 10 years ago, have been deemed, like, ghetto, ratchet, yes. like, nasty. And now maybe they are those same titles, but, like, in such an empowering way where right. they're, like, what you were saying, I'm taking back my feminine power. And I'm expressing myself the way that I feel confident in doing so. Right. And it it causes me to be like, fuck, they are so beautiful. It's like doubling down on who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just recommend, if you're listening, to actually pause this um, podcast episode where it's at and look up Taraji P. Henson. Just mm. type in Taraji P. Henson and Black Girl about. Magic. She talks about kind of what I'm saying, where we recognize the power behind the words of Black Girl mag- Magic in the sense of like strength and power and having that uh, sense of, yes, this pushes me forward. And it's like yeah. a recognition and a respect to be like, girl, I see you, you're mm-hmm. killing it. But also the problem of having to have words like that. Right. When those those words come from pain mm-hmm. right those words come from oppression those yeah. words come from a life experience that is way harder yeah which granted it's beautiful that that kind of like safe space can be birthed of black girl magic but recognizing that the reason why it was birthed is just as important yeah so wop 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 <laughs> Okay, so the reason that I wanted to close out that segment with this mind shift is because I think that with everything that's happened, we've talked about coronavirus at no end, um, it's important to be able to find power in shifting your mind or your view um, of yourself and the world around you and the power that you hold in being able to take control of a time that maybe leaves you feeling very powerless. Um you were the first person who introduced this concept to me, maybe in these words, not that like changing your mindset is this like revolutionary, like that's something we do mm-hmm, often, mm-hmm. but the, the term like retrain your brain that, right. That's what you, yeah. that's what you call it. Um, where you're, where I think maybe I'm wrong and you can kind of explain from here. I think that maybe stemmed from your experience with your parents when you came out. Yeah, I think I think that's majority of where that thought process came from. Of okay, trying to get that equilibrium of happiness again in my life. Yeah. yeah, and I remember you introduced it to me at a time. I don't remember the exact moment, but I know that it was like a like a hard time for me. Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Okay, so maybe now it's important to retrain your brain and retrain your thought process." And so, like, what does that mean for you? Like, what do those words uh, resonate? Okay. When you say that. Um, just using examples of my past experience, I think that what a lot of the times we do is we take outside sources and they infiltrate our, they infiltrate our thought to think that what people are telling us is our reality, mm-hmm. whether that is good or bad. And I think what you have to realize is that who you are as a person you make up the rules, yeah. right? Like as as a society, we coexist in a world that like there are natural rules that we can't and can do. Like we can't kill someone. It's not good to like steal or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Um, but re- realistically, like you can decide what is good or bad in your own life or what you do or do not need or what energy you're open to receiving and not receiving. Yeah. And that's why I think like when you take that power and you think about your thought process, 
that's how you make your reality. And then through that, you start writing your story as fact. Mm. Rather, instead, think about where those thoughts have come in into your life. Yeah. Think about why you hang on to those thoughts. And then think about if that's helping you or not helping you. And that's what I mean by retraining your brain, where... I'm going to use the example that you gave me about my parents where mm-hmm. my my parents would say stuff to me. Not my parents, but my mom mainly. And obviously it's gotten better over the years, but she would say stuff like, you're so nasty for being gay or da-da-da-da-da. And I would take that in and be like, oh my God, I am. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a nasty person. I'm a horrible son. But then I'm like, okay, well, is that actually true? Like, do right. I feel nasty for being gay? Do I actually feel like a horrible son? Yeah. And in essence, no, because I feel like I give out love, receive love, try to live my life through love. And at a certain point, I had to top, stop listening to those outside voices telling me who I am mm-hmm. rather than like letting me decide who I actually am and where I value things in life. And then moving forward with that and just being like, this is how I want to put out. Yeah. Well, because those words were less of a, you internalize them, but they were less of a, of a self-internalization and more of a reflection uh-huh. of somebody else's mindset. Uh-huh. Um, how has learning to retrain... Well, let me ask this first. Is retraining your brain um, like a time-to-time thing? Or is it like a habit kind of thing? Or is it like a skill set? Would you call it like a skill set where you could transfer it to any moment or or situation in somebody's I life? I think you can transfer it to any moment. And this is where I say this because I feel like a lot of times when we feel upset, our emotions flood us and we want to feel right. Like how can life do this to me? How, why is my life so hard? Why is this situation happening to me? But when you like take yourself out and your emotions out, you're like, actually this could happen to anyone and I'm not any more important than anyone else. That alone makes it seem so much smaller. right? Right. Where like you get a flat tire on a hard day and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm getting a flat tire. It's like, well, flat tires happen to everyone, yeah. so it's okay. Yeah, It sucks that coincidentally it happened on this timeline of your life mm-hmm. if it was a hard time, but it happened. So just, like, minimize that and get right. that emotion, right? And then think of, like, w- the situation you're in and the emotions you're having and be like, okay, is it actually about what's really going on? Right. Or is it, like, something that I think is going to happen in the future or something that happened in the past? Mm. Um, I don't know if that actually answered your question. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> Okay, so where in your life have you seen the biggest shifts or life changes in knowing how to retrain your brain? Where I've seen the biggest life changes on knowing how to retrain my brain. So say that's like a day-to-day thing or whenever a big event happens in your life. Mm -hmm. Like how, where have you seen that take place more often? Sure. So... I feel like when you're worried about the future, it actually or it naturally brings on anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the anxious feelings we have isn't necessarily reality as much as it is just about like things that you think are going to go right or wrong. Yeah. And I think being a gay person, like I said on previous episodes, like my identity of being black or Asian or male or American are all part of me, but I think the lens that I see my life in is the gay lens. Mm. And so for me, that was a really hard um, lens to kind of identify with because it wasn't a lens that I felt like was accepted in my Mm. reality, immediate reality, especially growing up in my family in the environment that I was, and then later in life um, in my early 20s. But then I was realizing I wasn't surrounding myself with ideas or people that supported that message. Mm. So that was like me just retraining my brain of being like, oh, you know what? being gay isn't bad. It's just based off of like the religious background I got grown up into or whatever the case is or whatever I was receiving my information. That's what was telling me 
what my brain thought was right or wrong. Mm. And for me, it wasn't necessarily like it is right or wrong. It just is or isn't. And I feel like realizing and having that epiphany of being like, wait, why does this not work? If it doesn't work for me, it's okay. I had to retrain my brain to understand that the world I envision myself being a part of Uh is not the world that I am currently creating in my mind and outwardly in my space. That I had to retrain my thinking about how I viewed the world, how I viewed religion, how I viewed my family. Mm -hmm. And yes, there was a lot of um, tear shed and a lot of pain like release from my experience. But through that, I realized I'm a much happier person because now my brain coincides with the idea of how I see myself, how I view love, how I view the people around me and the life that I actually want to live. I think sometimes in knowing or understanding um, what retraining your brain is, um, because I think when we first talked about this, this was probably like over 10 years ago now. Yeah. But I think that I see myself question certain occurrences or habits or lifestyles. And the question that I first ask is, do I want to retrain my brain for this? And can you give us an example? Um, yeah. Say like we've talked about holidays before and you've talked about how much I let tradition or the idea of tradition infiltrate what, a day like Christmas means to me. Right. Right. And there can be a point where if it doesn't live up to that expectation, I can be let down. Right. By the lack of excitement that is brought to that one day. For me, the ideas of what Christmas means set those, set those expectations high because I like having those expectations or those memories of that day. And the day before and the day after are just as equally important in the grand scheme of life. But there's something about that middle day on the 25th where I'm like, there is something that makes me want to wake up surrounded by people I love with a Christmas tree in the living room, regardless of being Christian or Catholic or whatever or not. Um, And it's in a moment like that where I'm like, I don't think that I want to retrain my brain to be like, this day doesn't have to mean as much to you because Mm -hmm. I think there's a part of me that wants it to mean that much. Um, but then there's other times where um, I'm looking at a relationship and before I would be like, well, I, I really don't want to hurt those persons, that person's feelings. And that could be like romantic or a friendship. But in the grammar, <laughs> grammar, in the grander scheme of things and looking back at my younger self, I know how to at least begin to retrain my brain to be like, this is going to do so much more harm to both you and them in the long term if you don't end that relationship yeah. or fix it yeah. or somehow try to modify it. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I bring this whole concept up is, again, because I think within COVID, we're seeing a lot of shifts within people, both personally and professionally. Um, uh, and... What bothered me was when it came down to performers and actors, there Mm -hmm. were a lot of people that were told to just find a new job because they're going to be out of work for a while, at least in most aspects of like that industry. And it's like, this is their life though. Right. This, I understand that you might not see that as a quote unquote professional career, but I think it falls more on those people saying, go get a new job to retrain their brains Mm -hmm. than for the performers who are, already in the mindset of knowing that the struggle is worth it to them yeah, to maintain that, to w- maintain their, their professionalism within that industry. Right. Um, 
But I think that there's just so much shifting that needs to be done within every aspect of, of a lot of our lives right 100%. now. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like just touching base on that so that you get the magnitude. I agree when it comes to like people's livelihood as far as performing, because think about it when like for me, for instance, being a dancer that I am here today, I could say I've had over 12, 14 years of training. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not directly just dance, but performance, um, cheer, cheer, tumbling, all that stuff. That's longer than you would, if not the same, equal to someone who's becoming a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And then say all of a sudden their hospital closes and they can't find a new job as a doctor, which is not the case most cases. Like doctors are always going to be needed. But if someone were to just be like, well, why don't you just get another job? Mm -hmm. Work at a – like why don't you work at Starbucks? Yeah. Telling a doctor after all that hard work and energy to go find a new job at Starbucks – it's not mm-hmm. reality. And it's it's like performing should be paid the same respect. Yeah. But I agree. I think retraining our brain as as like a society is very important because I think that's part of the thing that I said like last week on the podcast of the five stages of like the human existence mm-hmm. is that what we do is I'll, I'll, and me included, it's like we subscribe to what socially is acceptable and yeah. we think that that is fact when necessarily it's not right or wrong it's just it is or isn't and i'm gonna try to explain that mindset Mm -hmm. because someone who is saying cheating right i'm gonna cheat on my partner i think majority of the society would be like cheating is not okay right right and it's wrong Mm -hmm. and then if you don't cheat and you're faithful that's correct but realistically who's to say it's right or wrong right because what you're doing is basing that judgment on religious-based monogamy and, and if, other people's romantic relationships. Exactly. And yeah. if you're not religious or you don't subscribe to that monogamous idea, then you realize everything of right and wrong is kind of thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, even if you do prescribe to that monogamous idea, yeah. the reason that person cheated is maybe because they weren't getting fulfilled in their own relationship in whatever regard and they felt the need to go outside of that even after expressing, hey, this is what I need in this relationship. Yeah. And with those un- with that extra knowledge maybe you would be more understanding to be like oh i understand why mm-hmm. right not necessarily saying oh i agree with your cheating right. if that is your standard of like right. right or wrong but it's like i understand why you would feel the need to go mm-hmm. out so it is right the yeah. cheating is or isn't but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily right or wrong and i think that when you retrain your brain to think oh a trump supporter is right or wrong doesn't matter mm-hmm. it doesn't matter cuz to them their reality and the way they train their brain is reality for them like us we're come from a different experience that is probably opposite of that experience Mm -hmm. but who's to say we're right or wrong or is or isn't and for us i train my brain to live this way they train their brain to live that way but my training isn't any better or any worse than theirs and i think that we we forget to understand that Mm -hmm. and i think like with my family like i used to get mad at my mom for saying the things that she did about me being gay but then i'm like Brian, let's get real, okay? The way she experiences life at this moment, being Korean, being a a woman, coming from poverty, she saw her family in a different way than it's probably turning out. And in this moment right now for this season, she doesn't agree with what I'm doing because it doesn't fit in her lifestyle as to having two successful sons because being gay to her, for whatever reason, is not success in her mind as far as what other people would see us as as successful. Mm -hmm. And for her, she took a lot of weight as to how people view our family and that was important to her or still is. I don't know because we haven't spoke about it recently. But then because that is so factual for her and her reality that was important to her Mm -hmm. and so just as 
like I would feel so viscerally attached to some sort of idea of like right or wrong. She can have that same volition. And who's to say that what she's doing is right or wrong. And even though she might do something unjust to me as I feel, that's not my decision to decide if it's right or wrong. It just is or isn't. And my mom is in a place that doesn't vibe with the way I'm living, but I can't fault her for that. And with that realization, I had so much compassion for this woman because I at least put it in this way in my head where it's like, I'm grateful for having this lived experience to understand there's something outside of my own reality. And I just hope that my mom comes to that realization. But if she doesn't, that's fine because she has the capability of subscribing to whatever life she wants to live. What's interesting in listening to you explain that is it seems like one person retraining their brain can cause this like domino effect of other people around them also retraining themselves, whether they're aware of it or not. Like with your mom, for example, her unwillingness to retrain her mindset, at least for that given moment, caused this domino effect of you needing to retrain your mindset, Uh right? For like the long term. And eventually down the road, that would that would cause your dad to rethink the way that he thought at one point mm-hmm. because of religious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, again, over time, you and your brother have gotten way closer. And mm-hmm. it, all of that potentially stemmed from that encounter with mm-hmm. your mom or those situations with your mom. Um, and I think that's really interesting because the two things I was going to say this obviously promotes the most is self-growth and human interaction or human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... It's both um, reliant on others, but independent in that you don't have to wait on others to change your mindset. Mm -hmm. Like you can just do it. This is something you can actively do for yourself. um, Sort of in hopes of bettering your ability to relate to other Mm -hmm. people. But that's also interesting because when you use the example of like Trump supporters, this is where I say like, I don't want to retrain my brain at least not right now, not mm-hmm. this second, to empathize with people who try to put down the rights of others or mm-hmm. who, who try to like bring up this anti-support of things that I really believe in. I'm sort of in this place where I'm like, I have to focus on the people who are willing to open their minds for, as shitty as it sounds, to believe more of what I believe. Right. Um, and this is the only thing I say with that because what makes you think what you believe is more important than what they believe? From my own personal view, I think it's more empathetic to other people, whether that's like directly or indirectly. If you were to ask them if they're empathetic people, they would say they are. I believe that. Do you know what I mean? And so it's just like your standard of empathy is different than theirs, but that's not to say that they're any less empathetic according to their standard. Yeah. And I feel like with you saying that of like, you're not in the mindset to retrain your brain about people about who support, who support Trump, which I think is completely valid. And mm-hmm. I understand that mindset, but then what makes you any good or any better or any worse than them when it comes to that? Because they could say the same thing about your willingness of changing. Yeah. I just think the difference for me comes down to like tangible proof here, which uh, you can argue either side of whether this be wait let me pause there because i know what you're saying but here's the thing with that um and this is what i i don't mean to cut you off and then correct me if like this is not where you're going but think about it someone who supports trump is and this is all very general Mm -hmm. coming from a state that probably is homogenous a lot of white people Mm -hmm. who come from a place that like probably is more small town they don't have like that much diversity and everything that they live within their own world is probably the same and everyone mutually agrees so for them to think outside of that reality of like oh we need to help black people if they don't come in contact with black people on the regular they're like why is that an important issue for me Mm -hmm. right and for them they're probably thinking yeah i'm empathetic because if i ever come across a black person i'm going to show them respect but 
if it affects my money or whatever their idea is of what this supporting a black person would look like Mm -hmm. and whatever loss they would have of their life, that's completely valid because for them, they don't experience that. So in a compassionate sense for you, you can understand that my life isn't like that. So why would I... Why would I need to support that? And that's where I'm like, okay, I understand why they wouldn't want to support it. Granted, is it right or wrong? That's not my decision to judge, right? Mm -hmm. Like in my heart, I'm like, that's not right because not necessarily right, but that's not where my heart lies as far as an empathetic person. Mm -hmm. But for them in their reality, they see that as fact because they don't ever experience it, right? So it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. why are you faulting them for that? Yeah. I was going to go more towards like a tangible proof of a, a differentiation between two people in terms of like laws that we're voting to be passed, right? Like there are people who are trying to uh, limit women's reproductive rights. And I understand where those mindsets come from. I'm open enough to seeing that argument. But at the end of the day, where I see sort of like the biggest difference is I am a, a man or identify as male and be I don't think that it's my place to impose rules on anybody else's like personal well-being or life. Like I feel like I vote more in a direction of giving people the freedom to do what it is that they think is best for themselves. And I feel like from the other side, they think that there is this power in their hands and there sort of is to an extent to limit what they think people should be able to do. For sure. And that's where I think that difference comes where I'm like, I have to focus more on the people and the places where like I can continue to fight for that change rather than spend all of my time and energy fighting against the other side, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. But I think you come from an experience where you've been oppressed to understand that, like mm-hmm. being able to be married mm-hmm. as a gay man. So I think that's why you feel like you can have that compassion towards a woman's reproduction rights because one like you said we're both men and we're both gay so we literally are not touching that fucking category with the 10 foot pole like we ain't gonna have kids we ain't gonna Mm -hmm. do shit we won't have to worry about abortion but like you how you want to decide what you want to do with your life as far as a love aspect we Mm -hmm. should let them decide what they want to do as their with their body with the reproduction aspect right but we are judging our lives as free will free change um and that's where our moral standard lies, right? But mm-hmm. with someone who's like, mil- uh, not military, someone who's more religious, who they see, my life does not let me see that as okay, because that mm-hmm. is sinful. And from everything that I have been raised to believe as fact, it's telling me that's not okay. So they're yeah. like trying to create reality in the sense of how they see right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean as far as that's the problem, is that their standard of right or wrong is not my standard. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that yeah, well, that I mean, there's a difference. But also, like, I can give them compassion in the sense that I'm glad that I've gotten that gift. I just hope that they get in that gift. They receive that gift. And I'm open to having that conversation. And I'm yeah. willing to continue to have that conversation as frustrating as that might seem. But I'm not going to shut them off because they don't want to hear that conversation. Totally. Um, and I think that's the difference between being open and being closed, but also like being open to the idea of retraining your brain in the sense that other realities can exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I think that's why it was like important for me to do that is because I had to look at my own reality and almost make this like ecosystem of happiness to be like, Oh yeah, I need to nurture myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like if a flower is wilting, you're not just going to give it more sun. Yeah. Like you have to like change everything. 
right. change the soil, change the roots, change everything for them to be like, oh, I'm in the right environment. But that's the hardest part for me is like, I can't, uh, like, I can't force them to change their environments. And I also can't oppress them in a way that would make them understand what it is that I'm trying to prove. But, but what, what, why do you feel the need to prove something? Um, because I feel like there might be a point where if somebody makes a solid enough argument, I might be like, oh, should I understand that? Say like reproductive rights. Say somebody says like, I believe at X amount of weeks, this is a living human being and to abort it is like so wrong. Say hypothetically, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I'm still in a place to not oppress a woman and be like, because of what I believe, you should live your life this way. With that being said, I feel like I have to voice my opinion to speak out on behalf of the people that I'm trying to care about or care for because of that, like, human connection. But I don't, I, like, I, I only beg to say this because, like, why force someone to believe what you're believing? Why don't you just live through your experience? And if someone feels motivated enough to do that, to follow that, well, I think that'd that's be the- that. I mean, I think that's what I've been trying to do, though, where I, like, stopped fighting against other people. But I feel like the difference is that, like, there's a emotion behind it. Like, I feel like you meet it with anger a lot of the times or frustration. I do because I feel a lot of things about it. And do you see the difference there where that's not a very compassionate way of living? Um, And I only use this. And again, this is not me telling you wrong because, again, this whole conversation is not about right or wrong. But this is just me telling my experience. And Mm -hmm. again, exactly what I'm trying to to say is, like, it is or isn't. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm like... How do I expect someone to be a loving person if I'm not showing them love? And mm-hmm. if I didn't show someone love, like you, you could get frustrated with someone you love, right? But at the end of the day, like even if they hurt you, you'd be like, Ugh, it is what it is. But like, I understand. And like, yeah. okay, it's almost like a child and a mother, right? Like no mm-hmm. matter what the child does, the mom's still going to take care of the child. And that is like that unconditional love that I feel like is preached in religion where it's like you have to love your neighbor just like anyone else but then Mm -hmm. once you meet that difference with anger and like that shut offness you wouldn't shut someone out that you love because you would want to help them Mm -hmm. and so that's why i'm like you just have to live your life based off of the kind of person you want to become and if someone follows you that's your answer but if not you shouldn't force them to want to follow you yeah and i don't mind you saying like you speak out and stuff like that because i think that's important if you have the knowledge to help society in any way learn mm-hmm. a lesson cool but if they don't learn that lesson it's not your job to tie an emotion to that mm-hmm. because to me the great people who've actually changed the world like nelson mandela or gandhi or mother Teresa, i don't think they've ever met someone who doesn't understand them with hatred right like if jesus was to say what he wanted to say and tell them oh this is the way of life and someone was like i don't see that it was never like jesus was like you're fucking wrong you're trash and that volatile reaction that I feel like Americans have, it's just like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for your life, that might be the case. But if you want to be a part of this kingdom of God or whatever, these are the things that I believe. Yeah. And, and it's never like a force upon. It's just like, yeah, through my life, I'm living this. And I, you can see that this is changing my life. And to me, that is love. Because Jesus or whoever else would never say, I don't love you or yeah. I hate you or I want you to die or I want you to like move out of the country. They'd just be like, okay, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. And I think that's that, that, that like that's where it's like training your brain is one thing, but then also the bigger argument or the bigger conversation is like 
that that idea of love where like yes these trump supporters are saying all this stuff and mm-hmm. yeah i might not feel love towards them but do i hate them or think that they should die or move out of the country no i'm like i get why they feel that way because everything leading to this point of what they're saying has reinforced the idea that what they're saying is correct just like for me it's the same way and i can't say they're wrong because who am i to say they're wrong because my ego is winning if i say that they're wrong mm-hmm. right like i'm saying what i am is more important than your entire life existence that I'm telling you my existence is more important which is why you should follow it when it's like that's not the case yeah because I feel like if you're on the receiving end of that which I have been and you have been it's not fun to hear that Mm -hmm. or is it like beneficial or actually making any life changes Mm -hmm. it just is or isn't Mm. does that make sense it makes sense it just brings me back to a point of being like the part about me that I have grown to love that I used to think was like a weakness of mine was the emotional side of me that does get very involved. Um, and I think that that is a, that is the part of me that has helped me develop the relationships that I care about most and develop this sense of like empathy with others. And so it's very hard for me turning inward not even considering anybody else, it's very hard for me to turn inward and be like, I want to be able to shut that part of me off because I think that that's one of my strongest qualities in a way. So it's hard for me to retrain my brain to be like, um, it's hard for me to retrain and be like, I want to be able to detach from this emotionally because that's where I'm able to connect with the people who need the help most. And so as opposed to being like, well, actually, neither of your lives really affect me. So I don't care either way. You guys just kind of duke it out. So here's the thing with that. And this is my advice to you as a friend, because I think if I were to be in this position, Mm -hmm. this is how I would see it as me retraining my brain. Right. I'd be like, okay, this motherfucker is pissing me the fuck off. Mm -hmm. And then I would sit there and be like, well, what what are they saying that pisses me off? I'm like, oh, they're not supporting black people. Oh, they hate gay people, right? Just as a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. Instead of me trying to fight those battles for them, like I will say what I can if the conversation leads leads me to think that they're going to be open to receiving some feedback. But if I know that they're shut off and they're just here to argue, there's a difference. And I think you can see that too. But to me, I'm like, ooh, this anger that I'm feeling, this 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 like passion, right? Because I think a lot of it is for Mm -hmm. you is passion. This emotion that you feel is passion because it's important. I would think, okay, my brain is telling me to react. Right. Because my ego is telling me you need to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you need to show your power. You need to show your dominance. You need to show that your side is important. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, why is that important to them? Like it's not like who really gives a shit in the the grand scheme of things. So I'm like, okay, well, then where should I put this passion, this energy that I feel is inside? I would redirect it back into the things that I know are important to re strengthen the things that I think, oh, what you're telling me is wrong. Well, let me show you how great that is. So mm-hmm. I would start supporting black things more often, being there for the voice of black people when they need it, just going more into the direction of love, being like, oh, I understand, you know, yeah, I can understand that you're frustrated. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I know that this world or America that you see what America is, isn't the idea of what you want America to be. I can yeah. understand that frustration because that's how I felt as a gay person, as a black person, as an Asian. So I understand that you feel like you're losing power, but I hope that you get the peace in your life to make you realize it is okay but Mm -hmm. while you're wasting your time trying to throw this hate onto my life i'm going to spread my love to these things Mm -hmm. and that alone just lets go of the pressure of being like why do i need to fight this because it doesn't matter 
Yep. You know, like your life isn't as at danger. Yes, they could do things that like hinder your life, you know, like make laws or whatever the case is. Yep. But then that's just your way of being like, okay, well, let me fight that. Mm-hmm. You know, let me put my energy into that. Let me show. And whether that is like actually doing big major change like that or just being like, hey, I know someone who's just coming out and his family kicked them out. Why not? I'd be there for them, yep. you know, or like let me do things around my own community to make my immediate reality the place that I want to be in. And the, I want people to see the love that I see inside myself and like let it go that way. Well, I think doing all of that is what I have focused more on doing. It's just less of being empathetic with the people who are fighting against me that we differ. Yes. And it's not necessarily like empathetic in the sense that you have to agree with what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Like you can have that opposing view, but having that emotion attached to it does nothing for you other than make you upset. And that Mm -hmm. to me is where you need to retrain and be like, why am I letting this win? Like mm-hmm. what, what power am I giving this situation? What power am I giving this conversation for them to like literally ruin my day and have me sit undwell on this? Because I'm sure when they log off, they're just like, okay, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I don't know exactly how you can shut that emotion off because again, like you say, you're probably more emotional than I am. Not probably you are, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It is easy for me to say that, but over the years I've had to shut my emotion off to survive. So I think I've gotten just naturally good at it. Yeah. But I think for me to get to that point was for me to sit back and be like, okay, what energy am I giving to these people? Yeah. Because what you're, what you're prescribing into and what you're signing up for is like, yeah, they are winning when Mm -hmm. you're like, why am I having that thought that they're winning? Yeah. What they're saying are just words. Why Why do I feel like they're having more power than me? Because mm-hmm. if you really think, like, when I, when I think about even, like, internet trolls, I'm like, oh, my God, reading these comments. And I'm like, oh, my God. Then I sit there and think about an actual person behind this computer screen writing this out. And I'm like, oh, I know this person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you click on a random profile and just see what they look like. You're like, oh, I know this person. Yeah. You know, not, not like actually know the person, right, right. but like this archetype of a person. I'm like, oh, I know this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. What, of course they're saying this shit. Like it does yeah. not bother me. Cause well, it's like the Karen. Exactly. Like, vi- yeah, yeah, I see why they're saying that they come from that experience. And then mm-hmm. once you like put that to, to rest, you're like, oh, it doesn't bother me because like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like really actively thinking about thoughts that you have and sitting in that and rather than like being so reactionary when you get an emotion of frustration, really just sit and be like, okay, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And I think giving that voice a name really detaches it from who you are as a person. Because mm. like the anger that I used to feel, I just like, I didn't say this, but I would be like, oh, Fred, Fred's here. Yeah. Fred's really trying to fuck up my life today, you know? Yeah. And when you detach that, you're realizing, yes, that's a part of me, but it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, yeah, we can figure it out. Fred, what do you need? (laughs) You know, Fred, okay, you're angry, Fred. Why are you mad? And then have that actual conversation with Fred and that third person. You realize, oh, I get it. You know, you you understand where that emotion is coming from internally. And Mm -hmm. then you know how to like kind of go around it and fix your own problems rather than just feeling helpless and powerless in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was all I had. It's a lot because like, I think as we are today, this is why it is so volatile in America is because I think what we thought America is supposed to be is not necessarily what America is. And this idea of America isn't panning out. And yeah, I, we're having an identity crisis. An, a complete identity crisis. And I think the beauty of it all is that when you're going through these unjust feelings and this like internal struggle, 
you come out always better on the other side, but you really have to be willing to like go there Mm -hmm. and just like dismissing people's like dismissing people's experiences or not validating people's emotions is very um, troubling Mm -hmm. and hard because pain is there. You need to acknowledge the pain, but then at that point you need to retrain it to be like, you know what? I'm glad I had it rather than being like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah. So my end season this week is something that I'm actually kind of like not struggling with, but I'm trying to figure out. My end season is voting and being registered to vote. I think it's so important, especially with everything we just talked about, regardless of where you sit or stand, having your voice heard um, and actually hearing Whoopi talk about this on The View all the time. She talks about the importance of voting and she's like, whether you believe this or that, it's important that you get out and, and say that because otherwise you don't have an excuse to complain. Like, you cannot complain mm-hmm. if you're not trying to make a change. And I'm like, okay, I don't love to hear their side, but like, no, I do be, think it's important that for them good. to be represented. Like, if anyone wants to complain about American society, be like, wait, did you vote? And if they say no, be like, then you need to shut the fuck up right yeah, now. Like, for you real. Have no ground to stand on. You for need real. to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And the reason that I say I'm struggling with it is uh, long story short, I don't have a California state ID, but I am trying to vote here for the election just because I don't want to have to yeah. get an absentee from New York, all that. Because I don't have an ID, I have to. I had to sign a piece of paper after they mailed me one to verify that I live at this address. And because of the underfunding and understaffing of the U.S. Postal Service right now, it's been almost a month and a half since I remailed that signature, and they still have not received it. And I just called to make sure that they did. And she's like, "It looks like we're just waiting on your signature." And I was like, "That's a lie." <laughs> um, so it's it's frustrating, but please make sure that you are registered to vote or that you know where you're registered to vote. Because at the end of the day, I know I'm registered in New York still. So if worse came to worse, I could request an absentee ballot. Um, you could fly back too, right? And just like vote in person. I can, yeah. Um, but I, my end season being, just make sure you're registered to vote and vote. If you don't get to vote, bitch, you better shut the fuck up about <laughs> any political issue here, there, this point on. From November on. Okay. <laughs> um, my in-season this week um, is honestly the universe and gifts from the universe. Um, I really took this time during this quarantine and kind of like trying to, like I clearly we're in it, right? Like we're in it for the long haul. I don't think anything's going to change for the next like rest of the year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And like with Disney not coming back, I don't foresee us going back to Disney and dancing no. until like mid next year, maybe the end of next year. And then just now, right before we started recording, I found out that I did not get furloughed um, from flying, which is great. Um, but the thought of me like getting furloughed kind of excited me. So I was yeah. like, okay, well let me like figure that out. Like, let me see what's that inside. Um, so I, the thought of the gift from the universe this is what brings up with all that backstory aside. Um, like, you know, I was supposed to fly this weekend and having mm-hmm. flown the past six weeks, I was like, I feel so exhausted. Yeah. But the idea of losing money made me stressed out. And I said, okay, Brian, here we go again. Like you're prescribing to the idea that you're not going to be successful or stable if you don't work, which right. is true. Obviously, if you don't work, uh-huh. you don't make money. But I'm also like, 
you're fine. Like, yeah. bitch, you're fine. Yeah. But the idea of, like, stress, like, oh, my God, I need to work. I have to work under this. I'm like, my mental health is important right now. Let me fucking just take this time off. I'm going to drop this next trip because the thought of going on this trip that I have on my schedule is not mentally doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. It's positive because I'm like, fuck. Like, could I push through? Yes. But at the end of it, would I probably come back a worse, Brian? A hundred percent. So I was like, yeah. let me just drop it and be open to if any other trip pops in, I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. So then I jump on, try to look at trips. I'm like, no, nothing's working within my schedule. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, should I have dropped that trip? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Brian, just let it go. You know, shit is going to happen. It's fine. Like, just yeah. chill the fuck out. Sure enough, today... Jamie calls me and she's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm in town. Um, She's like, do you want to get dinner? And I'm like, Jamie, honestly, I think this is why I didn't work because I was like, I'm meant to have this dinner with you. Mm. And like little things like that, I forget. Like the universe has a way of like just being okay. Um, And before I would worry about all these things and now I just like kind of am like, whatever happens, happens. Even with the furlough, it was like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And things like naturally worked out. And it makes me happy to think when I look back, I'm like, yeah, all the hardships I've had, it kind of worked out whether it was in a way that I thought was going to happen or not. It all worked out in a way that I was like, yeah, that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I just want to like give bigs up, big ups to the universe and be like, thank you so much. Daddy, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this bogus ass episode. <laughs> It was so hard for me to get through my thought. There was so much to say. I feel like I've been going so much that like mm. my brain is not shutting off. I don't Scattered. know what it is. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, um, if you like this episode or any previous episode, as always, the biggest gift you can give us is to share, write, review, subscribe, rate, all of the above. If you have any questions or you just want to see what we're up to on social media, you can follow us at fruit snacks pod that's on instagram and you can also email us at fruit snacks pod at gmail.com and i think that's gonna wrap this week up that's a wrap well thank you guys always and forever <laughs> gossip and girl wop wop xoxo <laughs> gossip girl wop 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 goodbye bye